That you may or may not have been anticipating and looking forward to for the last couple of weeks. I still have a hard time believing anybody looks forward to this podcast. Chuck would, uh, to the contrary, to just let you know, hey, it's just fucking me today. And this is not a real episode. Shit, I just heard from the future a thousand podcasts turning off, which is probably just fine and for the better. Why am I doing this? Well, first of all, uh, we don't have a regular episode for you. Sorry. I said last week, oh, we're back on our regular cadence, yada, yada, yada. And right after we turn off the episode, fucking Michelle says, no, I'm not here for a couple weeks, guys. Sorry, I'm fucking off and having a life. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, Michelle? Actually, I didn't say that. But she has a life. She gets to go do shit. She gets to travel, uh, I guess. And so she's not here. We couldn't record one. So we could have just let this slip. I could have let nothing happen. I could have, we could have just, you know, all that same old fucking shit. But instead I decided I'd just record a quick uh, little episode for you. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do or if I was going to do anything. When I happened on the no means no message board, it's not the message board. That would be the early 2000s, late 90s version of this podcast. The Facebook group. And I read a post from Emily Lonerhelm. Pardon me, I have really not said your name right. And I really apologize. Emily? Emily? In any event, Emily says, this is very OT, off topic, but I want an episode of this podcast where Jordan proselytizes about Book of the New Sun as name dropped in episode 23. Please and thank you very much. Well, Emily, you fucking done it because, man, it's I'm like Rumpelstiltskin. You can't call that shit out and not have me do it because, man, if there's one other thing, except for no means no, that just gets me fucking talking till I can't shut up, can't stop talking. It is, in fact, Book of the New Sun. So. If any of you out there don't like to read fucking hate books. Don't want to listen to me talk about a book. I don't blame you. Turn it off. We'll be back hopefully next week. We're going to try to crank one out when Michelle drags her fucking ass back to her microphone. But until then, uh, you've got me for a couple minutes. I don't know how long this is going to be. It's not a long. I don't know how long I talk about this book. It's hard for me to just talk on my own. I'm not like our friend Irish Sean, the very good boy, the very good lad who can talk for a very, very long time and sound incredibly erudite and intimidatingly intelligent about whatever he wants to say. Uh, So yeah, you won't get that. Um, Speaking of which, uh, Sean, who did uh, guest host an episode of one of our podcasts recently when we didn't have one and he had so graciously put one together for us, has his own podcast called SF Ultra that you should absolutely be fucking checking out. The conceit is Sean normally hates science fiction He's going to read through 100 science fiction books to convince himself that he likes science fiction. He's made his way through a number so far, and I have to tell you, um, he fucking loves almost every one of them. And they all sound fucking great because he's choosing really, really good books. And one of those books 
will be in the future, I'm promised, Book of the New Sun by Gene Wolfe, which is what I'm going to fucking talk about right now. Did you think I wouldn't say fuck in this episode? Well, I'm sorry, or I'm happy to not disappoint you or to disappoint you, which either way of the fence you fall down on that one. So, Book of the New Sun by Gene Wolfe, written in the 80s, and then kind of up through the 90s, I think. Book of the New Sun is originally four books, none of which are incredibly long in and of themselves, comprising Shadow of the Torturer, Claw of the Conciliator, Sword of the Lictor, and Citadel of the Autark. But really, it's one book. His publisher pretty much made him break it into four. You know, you know how it is when they do that to you, publishers. And there's also kind of a coda book called Earth of the New Sun. There are four books after that in a, uh, a related series called uh, the Book of the Long Sun. And then there are three books called Book of the Short Sun. Now, they're really three separate book series, but they are tied together in the same universe, and they sort of Mobius strip back around by the end of it. I'm only going to talk about the first four, maybe a little bit about the first five, and even then, I'm not really going into detail. I'd really recommend those books. If you really love those books, if they click for you, then the rest of them are going to click too, and they're all fucking brilliant. But why should you give a shit? Well, I mean, you really shouldn't. It's a book. Who cares, right? People are pushing this kind of shit on each other all the time. I will say this about Book of the New Sun. Other than No Means No, I don't think I've proselytized about any piece of art, media, etc. in my life more than Book of the New Sun. And I have, in fact, turned on a, a shockingly large number of people who have, in turn, turned on a shockingly large number of people. So I consider myself patient zero for no joke, probably several hundred people, if you were to go two or three degrees down the line. I'm very happy about that. I, I kind of wear that as a, a, a badge of honor. Is this book for you? I don't fucking know. It's not an easy book. It's not a typical sci-fi book. It's not like a, it's not Thomas Pynchon. It's not like tricky prose that you'd have to, it's not, it's not Joyce, right? Where the language itself is almost impenetrable, but it is very dense. Um, it's very, you know, to, to use a snooty phrase, it's very literary. Its influences are, you know, Proust and Borges and that kind of shit. But it's also fucking Conan, right? It's also swords and sorcery and bare-chested torturers weaving giant swords around. It's got both those things in a, a beautiful mix that I, I, I don't think anyone else has ever and probably never will be able to mimic. Gene Wolfe is one of those authors, actually, it feels like now that he's passed, he passed uh, maybe a couple of years ago by now, maybe only a year, his star is now ascendant in a way. Many, many more people are discovering Book of the New Sun, all of his other works. So what is Book of the New Sun? Book of the New Sun is hard to talk about in a way because I don't want to spoil it um, because the discovery of the book and, and, and what you discover in it is part of the joy but some of the things I can say about it, it's the only book I've ever read, and it's surely not the only book like this out there, but the only book I've ever read, and I've read a lot, sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, I don't mean to, um, that is kind of written for the reread. And by that I mean there's almost an entirely different book hidden in the first book 
that you cannot really penetrate until after you've read it once. And then when you go back and read it again, there are so many things that come to the fore that make it even richer. Now, I've read this book, well, you know, these four books together, but this this series, this group, Book of the New Sun, I don't know, eight, nine, ten times. I, I try to read it about once a year. I don't always succeed, but I, I try because it's every and every time I read it, I find something new. It is a holographic book or a fractal type book in the sense that every aspect of it reflects in a very interesting, deep way and a very artful way, the story as a whole and reflects the themes and reflects the mysteries and reflects the characters and Gene Wolfe's obsessions with memory and the nature of the self and identity and and what that means uh, 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 as we as we make our way through the world, and th- those are themes that are common in his amongst many of his books. But I think Book of the New Sun is his work, although all of his works are brilliant. Book of the New Sun is the one that feels to me like it was just delivered to him from on high. And in fact, in the author's afterward to I think the first volume, he does in fact say in a very cheeky way that he. He found this book uh, as it was, um, you know, floating in a scroll case from the wastes of the outer void, so to speak, and that the entire book is actually his attempt to translate it. I won't go too much more into that because the afterword itself is fucking brilliant and makes you reevaluate the whole book you just wrote. You just wrote. You just read in, uh, in many respects. Now... One of the things that Sean in his podcast has said, which just made me cringe and at the same time was just so, so, so true. There are a lot of, you you might encounter as you talk about this book with others, if you were to ever to, a lot of fedora wearing well actually types. Little goatee, little, little, little soul patchy slightly uh, incel types, that's not fair, but you know what I'm saying, who are going to just bury you in their theories or hermeneutics about the Book of the New Sun. That said, there's also a ton of people, myself included, who would just love to fucking sit down and just talk about this book for hours and 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 hours. It's a never-ending well. You can never stop dipping into this well if this book clicks for you. And that's another thing about this book. This book is either going to click for you or it's not. And you might say that's true of almost any media, but I think there's other media that you can kind of just glance off of or you kind of like it, but it doesn't have much of an impact on you. When you click with this book, you fucking click with this book. And it doesn't happen right away. The One of the guys, uh, my good friend, Mike Benowitz, who's an amazing artist, uh, when I got him into it, tried to at first, he read through the first volume, Shadow of the Torture, and was like, that's nah, okay. I mean, I'm going to keep reading it, but yeah, it's all right. Then he kept reading it, and now he's fucking obsessed, as, I'm a, as am I, right? So if you're going to try it, at least make it past that book. At least make it halfway into the second book. And I think you'll find that it's, uh, it's got its hooks in you by then. Or it won't. And don't finish it. That's fine. I don't care. I do care. I want everyone to love it, but not everyone's going to love it. That's just how it is. But it, for the people that do get into this book, it it fucking lives in you, man. It it just lives in you. 
the prose is magnificent. The plotting is magnificent. The world building is magnificent. Fucking hell. And again, every time I read this book, I absolutely find something new. And it doesn't have to be a an earth-shattering thing. It's like a sentence that before I just never paid attention to. And I realized, fuck, an entire element of the plot and themes of this book is reflected in this really clever way in this one throwaway sentence I never would have imagined. He is an absolute master of the craft of writing, and this book is him at his absolute peak of his mastery. It's worth reading for that. When you read this book, even if you don't like it, I think you can be safe in the knowledge that this is one of the books in science fiction and fantasy literature that is absolutely at the pinnacle of the genre. Now, that doesn't mean you have to like it, and that's not a value judgment if you don't. But it's hard not to acknowledge that this is at its pinnacle uh, of, of the genre. And it is genre-bending. It starts, parts of it feel like fantasy. Then you get to another part and you realize, like, well, the thing that I thought was fantasy, this is actually hard sci-fi. Is this religious allegory? Fuck. Is it all of it? It's all of it. It's none of it. It's anything you want it to be, and it's nothing you want it to be. It's all of that and more. And a bag of toast. Who has a bag of toast? I don't. So I I do, if you're looking for a book rack, man, fucking try it out. I I mean, I can't promise you you love it, but I promise you that those people who do do love it will not fucking shut up about it. So odds are good that it might hook you. And if it doesn't, it's not really that big of a waste. And if it does, you will have found a book that will stay with you for the rest of your life and that you will probably want to reread. And will probably make you want to read his other shit because all of his shit is just that good. Book of the New Sun is absolutely worth your time. And on the other hand, it's not for everybody. And that's fine. Matthew tried it. I don't think he liked it that much. It just wasn't his thing, which is great. Not a problem. But, uh, you know, then there's people like me and Emily, Emily out there who fucking has just got our hooks in. We can't have enough. Can't have enough of this shit. Uh, thankfully... When you have a book, you never have to have enough. You can just keep reading it, reading it, reading it. And that's what I do with Book of the New Sun. So the general plot of Book of the New Sun, which I haven't talked about at all yet, right? What the fuck? Is it follows from the first person perspective, uh, starting, you know, when he's a young man, 16 years old, of a torturer's apprentice. He lives in a world where there's a guild dedicated to torture, a very bureaucratic guild. And young Severian is on his way to working his way through the ladder of being a torturer of this guild. Pretty fucking wild as a, as a main character to have a torturer. And the book really takes its, t- I mean, it, 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 the, the entire first book takes place over like, I think it's like four days. <laughs> so much happens to this kid over that period of time. Once once this, he kind of talks about his past growing up in the guild a little bit. And then, then once the action really gets going, it's really only four days. But the characters you meet, the, the shit that happens to him, it's absolutely wildly inventive and creative. And the other conceit about Severian, and one of the big arguments among the fan base, is that he has a perfect memory by his own admission. Now, there's a lot of talk of Severian being an unreliable narrator, which is a very uppity literary term for a first-person narrator, narrator who 
You can't trust either through their purposeful admissions and lies or through their inability to recognize the truth of what's around them. There's a lot of argument about whether Severian is a liar, whether he just intentionally misreads things, which I think is clearly the case. I tend to also fall on the fact that a lot of the times he just doesn't notice shit. Gene Wolfe is really, really, really good at putting really, really, really important events off stage, and just kind of noticed, barely noticed and referred to. And you kind of have to infer what the fuck just happened. But Severian's kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'm looking at these tits over here. But meanwhile, off to the right, something really fucking important is happening that you may not even pick up or you may pick up the second time. It's the other thing about this book. You can enjoy it on a lot of levels. You haven't read fucking almost anything else. Great. You're still going to love it. It's got a great story. You've happened to have read a lot of Borges. Holy shit. You're going to be in here going like, fucking that librarian, Oltan, that's fucking Borges himself. Wait, that story that's told halfway through the book, that's the circular ruins. What the fuck? And you'll go nuts. It's, uh, it's, it's got so many layers. If you know your mythology, there's a bunch of shit in there. If you know your science fiction past, there's a bunch of shit in there. Like anything you're into, chances are there's something in there deeply hidden that's going to be a fucking jewel that you're going to take out and feel so fucking smart and rewarded <laughs> when you pull it out and go, oh shit, I can't believe I just found this in this book. And you're going to go out, tell someone and their mind's going to be blown or they're going to go, hell yeah, let me show you what I found. And then the conversation will go on and on and on. Now, elephant in the room. There's a lot of argument, not uh, without merit, of, of Gene Wolfe's inability to write women. Often a problem with science fiction authors, especially science fiction authors from a certain age. It's tough in this book because in a certain sense, we're locked into the perspective of a character that you're not necessarily supposed to think is a good guy. He thinks he's a good guy. He's definitely a horn dog, and a lot of the women are... Real archetypal is what I'll say. And there's some scenes that aren't so great. But on the other hand, I think Gene Wolfe gives plenty of rope for you to harshly judge the character through whose eyes you're reading the story. At the same time as it's, in its own way, a sort of redemptive arc. It's no spoiler to say that the very beginning of this uh, book, the first chapter, he basically tells you that he backs his way into the throne. So you know right off the bat that this torturer's apprentice, this lowly torturer's apprentice, is somehow going to become the fucking autark or autark or emperor of his whole kingdom. So how does he fucking get there? That's the journey. And by the way, the denouement of the book, the big mystery that you're supposed to find out, the, the entire almost point of the book is hidden in a fucking play that's dictated halfway through the whole series. Just kind of lightly tossed in there. What the fuck? And you'll never notice. You may not even notice on a reread, but there it is. It's right there, black and white. There's a fifth book called Earth of the New Sun. It only exists because his publisher was like, Gene, don't you want to give your readers some answers to what fucking happens? And Wolf was like, I, they're all in there. I mean, my smart readers are going to find this shit. I, I don't need to say it out you know in fucking that obviously and his publisher was like i kind of think you do and so he did and the fifth book in a certain way is an answer key <clears throat> to the other four uh and in the same respect asks just as many new questions many people don't like it as much i love it i think it's fantastic 
but really just read the first four books. If you love those books and keep at them and fucking they get in your brain, the rest of the series, the 12 solar cycle series, Long Sun and Short Sun, are amazing. The last three books of the Book of the Short Sun are probably the finest prose I have ever read in any book. They are much more difficult than Book of the New Sun, but so fucking worth it. I, there are so many mysteries in that book. I, I can't probably will never untangle, but I love that. And the prose is so rich. God, Gene Wolfe is such a great writer. He's such a great writer. So, you know, anything more I would say about this book would really just be me spoiling it, and I don't want to. So this was just a long infomercial. You know, I'm 99.99999% of you, probably even you, Emily, have turned it off by now, and that's fine. This is really just me putting it out because I didn't want us to not have any fucking episode tomorrow, so I, I apologize for that. But if you're looking for a new book to read, you're feeling a little brave, and you want something that's going to be real meaty, real good, fucking rewards you at every corner, got great characters, fucking world building like you've never seen, and is a book that you will hear about more and more. That I can guarantee you. Pick it up. Book of the New Sun. There's a, a collection that it's often published actually in two separate volumes that combine the first two books as one volume and the second two books. That first volume would be called Shadow and Claw, and then there's Sword and Citadel. That's a great way to pick it up. But there's all sorts of ways to pick up this book and find it. It's it's much more common now. So go to your local independent bookseller and let them know that you would like them to pull this down off the dusty shelf because, friends, this is going to become, for some of you, your new book of gold. And when you get about a third of the way into the first book, that reference will make real sense to you because Gene Wolfe references his own fucking self in the book because, of course, he does. It's meta in all sorts of ways. So anyway, I guess I guess that's it. This wasn't that interesting. I'm not really that good at just fucking talking on my own. I could say fuck a lot. So I guess there's that. So listen, we really want to be back next week. Really, really want to be back next week. I'm really hoping. I'm pulling. I, I This fucking inertia of how hard it is to get this thing out sucks. But we love this podcast. We love doing it. Super grateful to all of you. So hang in there. We're not giving up. Uh, just a little bit scattershot now and then. Uh, so thank you for your patience. And hey, fuck off. <laughs>